Welcome to Black and White, a place where we educate, advocate and amplify Indigenous knowledges, ways of being and thinking. It is an opportunity to bridge the gap and translate between two worlds, initially for educators but more importantly allies and people who want to listen, learn, unlearn and relearn. A place that removes fear and answers those questions one is afraid to ask where we walk together on a learning journey. Bayajul Budri Yagaragu Yora Yora Nura Burang Bayajul Budri Yagaragu Burangad Burani Yagu Barubagu Yoragu Bayajul Budri Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Yora Noragu Bimal Wayangagu I speak well of the Yagara people the people belonging to this country where we record the podcast. I speak well of the old ones, past, present and the future people. I speak well of my elders, of my ancestors, of the Darug people, as well as all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards country and Mother Earth. I acknowledge and I recognise all Indigenous people across the world. Welcome back to Black and White. Uh, season two, episode three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Nathan. Got my wife Tammy with me. How are you, Tam? Warami, Butri, Bayojunya, Yago. Good to speak to you today. So we've just had Australia Day, Invasion Day, whatever people like to call it now. Um, been and gone. The usual ruckus, I suppose, with the date and the significance of it and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it didn't, well, I suppose the, the voice is getting a bit louder for the change of date and all that sort of crap, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's been like that now for the last five or ten years, so nothing, nothing new, nothing different, um, but nothing changed, obviously, so, yeah, I mean, that's come and gone. Um, how was your week, I suppose? Yeah, not too bad, um... I guess I was hit a little bit harder this year by that constant phrase that we always hear as mob during this time is um, just get over it. Yeah. Um, that hit me a bit harder than I expected because it's not new by any stretch, but I guess I don't understand how you just get over genocide are we told to just get over removal and displacement um you know we, we don't say that to returning soldiers no, no we I've, I've said it so many times we've, we don't say that to the jews like imagine if the jewish community wanted to have a day of celebration and we put it on hitler's birthday i mean that you know there'd be an uproar with that but mm. um we don't say it to Family and domestic violence victims? No. No, I think it's it's more the people, just a lack of understanding, I suppose, that just get over it in the fact that they haven't been told the true history of what happened, I suppose. Yeah, and, and while I agree with that, I also disagree the fact that as an active member of society, it's also your um, obligation to know and learn and understand more too. It shouldn't just be on 
Yeah, but you're talking about people like people that drive around with flags on their cars and people people that are buying the Australia Day merchandise and stuff and all this hullabaloo with Woolworths. People that buy that stuff are not your people that are generally uh, your smarter people, your higher socio-economic. Mm. It's the, what we call country bogans. I've said that before. They're generally the people, and they're not the high, most highly educated people, and they can be quite racist at times. And That's, that's generalisation, I suppose, but I, this whole thing with Woolworths not selling Australia Day products because they're woke which this term woke I didn't even know what the hell that meant but until the other week but they're selling they're not selling the products because they're not making money that's the reason they're not selling they're not selling it because they give a shit about the indigenous people or the background their shareholders dictate what they do and this Australia Day merchandise does not make their money because they're not selling enough of it anymore no so they just got rid of it that's that's the key to the whole argument and people are saying, oh, well, it's because they're deciding with Indigenous and they want to change the date. Well, West couldn't give them. Absolute rat's ass. what people think about that. It, th- their decision is based solely on money, and that's it. Shareholders mm. and money. So, mm. you know, when we hear about, oh, they're deciding with Indigenous people, that that's a lot of crap. They don't, they don't care about that. That's money at the end of the day for them. Yeah, I, I did... Um see less Australian flags this year. Oh, there were not many at all. Um, and the ones we saw were your standard on the back of a Commodore or a Falcon, which is, again... Generalisation. Generalisation yeah. that, that the people that do burnouts and have ciggies hanging out of their mouths, you know, drinking VB, that, that's the generalisation. Mm. But that, they're the only people we really you'd see with a flag. There were not many flags at all out. This Australia Day. I wonder if there's, um, you know, or I wonder how it would go if we changed the date or we had a celebration on February 14th. Do you know the significance of that day? No, oh, it's Valentine's Day, I don't know. It's the day that uh, Cook was murdered. Oh, okay. So, looky, looky, here comes Cookie, uh, fell to the Hawaiians, the native people of Hawaii on that day. Yeah, right. Because uh, he, once again, on behalf of the Crown, decided that he wanted a little bit more than he was allowed. Yeah, but I saw I saw a story Hawaii. on that. And he, I, I believe the Hawaiians welcomed him with open arms to start with. Yeah. And then he, I don't know if he had a false sense of security, but when he came back, I don't know if they'd wise up to him and they killed him, like threw him off a cliff or so. I can't remember the story, but mm. they, they murdered him, I know that much. Yeah. So that was the end of him. Yeah, maybe we should do some research for our nep- next episode, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, it um, it was round two for the Hawaiians. Um, they were friendly to him originally, and then he pushed for a little bit more than he deserved, and um, that yes, no, they did not take too kindly to it. No. So I'm just wondering, you know, maybe maybe mob around the world should start uh, celebrating that day. Yeah. I wonder how that would go down. Yeah. Um, I did see on the news that a statue representing Cook also fell. Oh, that was hilarious, to be honest. Like, 
you know, I know it's vandalism and all that sort of stuff, but if you're not going to listen, and, and I don't even think, as much as it's to do with the day and all that sort of stuff and Indigenous people, I think a generalisation here again is that people are just fed up with the government and the dictatorship and the lack of um, understanding they have for their people that live in this country. Like, people are just fed up in general. And I, I would be surprised... I wouldn't be surprised if it was Indigenous people that cut that down, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone else just went, you know what, we've had enough of this shit and just chopped it down and, mm. and yeah. There's more and more allies, I would say, joining the fight than ever before and acting on behalf of Indigenous people. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if that's good or bad. Um, but at the same time, I think the the sentiment behind it should be sending a clear message to the powers of B in this country. Um, and I say that loosely because it's not always government, but it's, you know, the, the big companies that, that, you know, puppeteer the government for various yeah. reasons, um, that people actually don't support that anymore. No. And if we really asked um, unbiased media whether people support having a day off or whether people support uh, Australia Day, I think what I'm hearing from around the traps is that people appreciate the holiday for various reasons. Yeah. You know, and let people choose what way they want to commemorate that day. Yeah. But is it primarily and solely to recognise us as a nation, I don't think so anymore. No. No, there's no recognition on that day now. Like, everyone's done. But you don't really even say, you know, the few and far between, 25% of people probably say, oh, you know, Australia Day, Australia Day, yeah, get their Union Jack out. The rest of us like, eh, probably not the greatest thing to celebrate now and look people still have gatherings yeah but they um, don't even say they won't they won't even, there's no flags anymore like this country is not patriotic like it is with like america's patriotic with their flag um yeah australia's not very patriotic mm. on that that around that day now yeah it's not very we, we you hardly saw any flags or anything so no yeah no we didn't so that happened in the last week. Um, we also went over to Mandiraba yesterday. So that's North Australia Island, the traditional name for that. And that's um, Kondamuka country. Yeah. So we went there yesterday. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, just off Brisbane coastline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found that beautiful in a number of ways. Uh, the first because it was the day after the 26th and it was a time to sort of come together as a family and enjoy country and the fresh air um, it would be nice if it wasn't so goddamn hot yeah it was it was very hot yesterday 38 degrees i think 90 percent mm. humidity so it was hot so we were able to do the gorge walk and really appreciate um I guess the land that is there and the the sea and where they meet. 
Um, see lots of turtles, didn't yeah. we? Yes, heaps of turtles there. Lots of fish out and about. And um, then we went to Myora Springs, uh, which is a beautiful place. You know, you've got the meeting of fresh water and salt water. Um, but there's a, there's a separate part of that that is um, considered healing. It's yeah. a healing pool. And uh, we were fortunate enough to be with some other mob and um, enjoy that and able to bathe and soak our soul in those waters. It was very, very cold and beautiful, yeah. quite refreshing after the day. Yeah. Um, but then we're also speaking to the local traditional owners and um, you got us talking about Brown Lake and Blue Lake. And the significance of those two lakes or bodies of water over in um, Minjeriba, um, and how I thought maybe that might be a nice place to sort of have a yarn about today. Yeah, so what do you want to talk about? The Yeah, I guess what I want to talk about as a topic is men's and women's business and what is it, why it exists, and... Um, not just educators, but people, why it's important to be aware of that um, in their daily business yeah. of life. How's that sound? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so if we think about Blue and Brown Lake, you've got Brown Lake, which was a and is, continues to be a women's business site. And so what that means is that the, the, it was a place where only the women would gather and swim in the lake. Yeah. And it's not brown. Well, it is kind of brown, oh, isn't it's brown. it? It's, yeah. it's brown, but it's got beautiful colours in it. I wouldn't say it's brown as in like a... The water's clean. Rain. The water's clean. It's tanned because of the trees that surround the lake. It's all the tannins, is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, it, it just comes, comes out of the, the trees. So the water's fresh and clean. Yeah. It's not muddy. No. But it's the lake's brown because the water is coloured. Is coloured from the, yeah. the trees. So um, that's a women's business site, and further out from that, but still connected to Brown Lake, um, are the birthing trees, where women, old women, used to um, give birth, and so they're quite sacred, and they're very important to Aboriginal people. Um, and this is on every country that women used to have particular sites that are women's business sites and, you know, birthing trees were part of that, generally speaking. Yeah. And so every nation across Australia has these similarities. There'll be particular differences as well. But, you know, this I'm just using this as an example because we were there yesterday, right? Yeah. So Brown Lake is a place where women can swim and young babies, like all the bubs, the, the gurung were able to swim as well. However, you know, as, as the locals were telling us, the men used to stay on the shore. Yeah. They wouldn't enter the water. Now, our son, Taylor, found it very hard to digest that, didn't he? Because all he was seeing was these tourists 
Yeah. The tourists obviously don't. I don't know. Well, I don't think they know the significance of the lake, and it's only for women. So there was, you know, men and women both all swimming in there. But um, I, I don't. I don't know. Even if there was a sign up that they'd necessarily give a shit. I mean, some people would. Some people would go, oh, okay, that's sacred. Better not do that. Mm. There's signs up over there, you know, around the other side of the island. Don't go here and don't swim here and people don't give a shit. They just yeah. jump the fence and go swim anyway. Or they'll jump the fence and go on the walking track that's not even there. So I don't know if they put a sign up, it would necessarily make any difference. But, no. Um, everyone swims there now. Yeah. And both you and Taylor chose not to enter the lake. Oh, well, I just did it out of respect. Yeah. That, okay, that was... I, they told me the rule, so I followed the rule, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't know, I would have probably jumped in, eh? Like, yeah, yeah. And Taylor, in particular, had this frustration almost, or angst that, well, why isn't somebody telling them, you know? And, yeah. well, that's not right. And... He, he is right, but I guess that's where education is key and and that's why I thought we probably needed to talk about it today. Um, in contrast, Brown Lake is... Blue Lake. Uh, so, sorry, Brown Lake is a women's business. Yeah. Blue Lake is a men's business site, but I had heard it was... Um, it's where a lot of... Sorry business had occurred. Um, and sorry business, I think we've spoken about before. Um, it, it's related to death and um, a, a lot of... It's a sacred site. And so the old ones, the ancestors, that's where they're, they're buried. They, they, you know, they came to be. Um, so nobody swims yeah. in... Blue Lake. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if anybody even goes there, or I'm not sure if there is signs there, but I guess um, that there's a level of understanding that 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 is a significant site that nobody goes and swims yeah. at. And so you know, if we think about those gender differences for different groups around, um, not just. And this isn't just, in my experience, an Australian thing or this, um, you know, related to the nations which now live in this land that we call Australia. This is globally. I know with my discussions um, within Anuk, um, an elder um, from the people up in Nunavut, that they have particular gender differences as well, and that relates to rituals and responsibilities different cultural practices yeah you know something that we've seen a little bit of late is different genders playing the didgeridoo yeah now that's just a no-go yeah boys men only they can play the didgeridoo it's always been taught to me that if a woman or a girl was to touch a didgeridoo, just touch it, let alone play it, touch it, that um, it would, it's not a 
bad luck thing, but it it bring upon bad spirits and attract bad spirits to your life. Yeah. Um, and there's also I've heard that it would mean that the woman could not bear any children. So it's quite a deep sort of spiritual um, connection there. Oh, okay. You know, when you were down at the language camp, our Darug Dalong camp on country, we were taught about songs and and dances and how that the women had a specific role or um, different sequence that we had to do compared to the men. And that's really common for a lot of um, different mob songs and and dances and like that that's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, but then we've also got the the aunties and the uncles and what role they play in terms of leadership and mentorship and um, governance. There, there are some nations which are quite matriarchal. What I mean by that is big fancy word that means the women were the leaders. Okay. Whereas there's others that are the patriarchs, the men. Um, and then others which was a combination. And I guess... With all of these things, I'm only speaking about what we're able to talk about in a public domain. That there's a level of depth that goes way beyond the generalizations that I'm talking about now that is a specific to every mob, but also is cultural knowledge that we're not allowed to pass on. Okay. Because it's extremely um, sacred, it's our law, and you know, can be quite powerful in the wrong hands. Yeah. So these are just, you know, generalisations, but enough that, I guess, teachers, allies, um, people who want to know and understand and learn more can can have that won't lead them astray yeah. and, and won't get them in trouble, you know. So I remember when I was ahead of school, um, I'd connect more deeply with the girls because yeah. it came out of our women's business thing. Yeah. There was knowledge that we could share between each other. There was a level of res- a different level of respect that we could have conversations about different things. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have several other males that the boys could go to. Yeah. And so there's that level of balance, you know. I guess where it comes a bit of tension is in contemporary or today's society, it's a very patriarchal kind of society, the Western world. So the men are the leaders. Yeah. And that would be... There's a level of tension that comes about when you do have strong matriarchs, strong women that are leading families, that are leading mobs and nations and how... You know, there's a level of disrespect. There's a level of ignorance and arrogance. Um, if you if you are a genuine ally, you won't have that. But in terms of society stereotypes, biases, assumptions, then that exists. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, we also spoke about the physical places where men and women can't go or 
if one gender can go to a site, they have a specific role, you know. So, you know, in terms of Brown Lake yesterday, it was the men can stay on the shore, but they can't enter the water. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, there, there are watering holes where one gender cannot drink from the water because of the different, um, you know, expectations, respect for ancestors, that those guiding or desirable uh, behaviours or warnings that have been backed by that and passed down for generations to generation. You know, I know even as a woman, um, I've been taught that I can't stare at men when they're painted up. You can't stare at them. Yeah, so when they're in ritual clothes, um, not to make eye contact, you know, certain things like that. Um, I guess it's something that we get taught as we sort of go through our phases of growth and learning and, you know, in some of the traditional societies, they, they have our own... Um, orientations or inductions you know as children graduate to men or women you know after being boys and girls you know like those sorts of things yeah. but you know if we think about a classroom now and a teacher there are certain kids that you connect with constantly right yeah but then there are also regardless of who you are as a teacher, there are kids that you will never connect to deeply because of the cultural expectations. And so that's where you need to think about who it is you can call upon. It might be another male teacher. It might be that you need, you know, a, an uncle or an auntie. It might be that you've got to look wider than you, but it's not a reflection on you personally. Yeah, okay. And, and so, you know, these are the little tips and tricks that we want to make sure that others have. But the first and most important thing is that you, um, I guess, detach yourself of that status and power because this is nothing about you. You've got to depersonalise this. This is a cultural practice that we continue to pass on as we go. There are certain things that I cannot teach Taylor, our son. Yeah, right. You know, there are certain things that we're going to have to outsource, for a better word, and, you know, ask some males who are, you know, mobbed to take him out on country, show him how to hunt or how to you know, find the right wood for didgeridoos or clapsticks or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and that's something that he took away from, um, you know, our Darug Delung camps with Uncle Lex. Yeah. That he was able to be led by Uncle Lex to find out what was right ways of doing things. Yeah. So... I guess, you know, what what does that look and sound like for you who maybe for the first time, I'm not sure, is it is it something you're aware of about men's and women's business as a term? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know 
the terms, I suppose, men's and women's business, but, um, yeah, I don't really know what it means or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I suppose the biggest thing is, oh, I don't reckon we, as white people, I don't think we get told enough about any of that stuff. So mm. how the hell am I supposed to know what the rituals are and and stuff like that? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's enough education around it. No, and, you know, it's only from when you take time to sit with mob and, and really start to unpack or ask questions and, and listen that these things come about, right? Yeah. Um, it was only when we're in the, the spring yesterday and we're having a yarn about, you know, where are the places we can go. Yeah, exactly. Then you find out the local knowledge and stuff like that. So You know, so questions that people can ask if they're, they're really sort of, I guess, not connecting with a student or an individual who, you know, is um, Aboriginal and, and or Torres Strait Islander, is, you know, would it be more helpful if I get an auntie or an uncle or um, is, is there someone else you would feel more comfortable talking to if it's something significant that you want to have a conversation about? If they're on somebody else's um, country, then it's, you know, the simple question is, where are the places that I shouldn't go? And am I allowed to swim? Am I allowed to talk about this? You know, ask those questions and respect the answers that come about. Yeah, that's fine if you can, you know, you run into people of Indigenous background and you can talk to them about that. But, mm. I mean, most people, tourists that go over to North Stradbroke Island, they're not, they're not running into an Indigenous elder or person because they don't even go to those places. They just go to the tourist spots. Yeah. Which are dominated by white people, so... And I guess this is where, you know, national parks and, um, you know, I know there are some signs that are at Myora Springs, which is really nice, that explain some of this cultural stuff, and there's more and more on each country, right? Yeah. But I guess that's where national parks and wildlife services, that's where the government should be starting to invest in those things... Um, local councils. Well, the education system has to do with this too, I suppose. It does. To you know, we, we do have um, the Indigenous perspectives that are embedded as part of our curriculum, but if you're an educator who has not been exposed to these things, then you don't know to look or understand for these things. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily have the people within your school who can ask, like the Indigenous liaison officers, um, like the aunties or the uncles in residence, yeah. or elder in residence. Um, and quite frankly, schools aren't prepared to pay for these services or these information, which is even more dumbfounding, really, considering our nation's history, but also... The fact that it's a curriculum element. Yeah. And, you know, from a social justice point of view, why not? Yeah, exactly. You know, if we're, as schools, really trying to shape students, learners, 
And I say learners meaning the adults also within the school. If we're trying to shape them to be the best version of leaders that they can be, then they should have exposure to these different ways. They should have exposure to our different knowledges of our nation. Like, Australia has a black history. Yeah. It's just that simple, right? Yeah. Um, so we didn't want to have a, a big, long conversation today because, you know, we just wanted to give you, I guess, a brief introduction to what it is so that you can digest that, reflect upon that, and then talk to some people from your own nation where you live and you work and you play or look out for these signs that do have things that explain cultural practices including men's and women's business Um, because this is just a really brief overview introduction to this topic and um, we've always said when we created black and white it was just to educate advocate and amplify indigenous knowledges enough that you can have a baseline to ask the right questions yeah you can just go out and to your local area and try and find the answers i suppose yeah and there are a number of sites that you can pretty much do that on your own um, once you have a, a little bit of knowledge of what you're looking for or what you're after yeah all right then um is there anything else you wanted to say before wrapping it up? No. Um, you know, maybe we can do some research around Captain Cook and his departure from this earth. Yeah. That'd be a little bit of um, some trivia for next time around. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty uh-huh. much it, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, hope everyone stays safe and cool. Cool and warm wherever you are in the world. Yep. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Number one, yeah. Yano. Yano.